Hey, this is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime. This is episode 15. Uh, the title of this episode is going to be The Astrology of Children. This is a topic of conversation that's always been interesting to me because whenever I have a new astrology client and whether they have or haven't had an astrology, um, hadn't had a look at their astrology chart before, the thing that I always want to emphasize to them is that the information that's in their astrology chart was there at the moment that they were born. And they may be 18 now hearing this for the first time, or they may be 28 or 58 or 52 or 36. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if they believe whether astrology is a real thing or not. Because everybody is always astounded by the amount of information that is in an astrology chart. And one of the things that's always interesting for me when discussing it with somebody and, and you know, whether that person's in Norway or in Los Angeles or in France or in Canada or, you know, wherever, is that that information could have been discussed at any point previous to them discussing it with me. And there are, people are usually amazed by the amount of specific information that's in an astrology chart. And the reason that they're amazed is because in my experience, you can actually see the structure of somebody's consciousness in their astrology chart. And the structure of their consciousness is actually what creates their experience. So for most people, their narrative is this happened to me at this age or that happened or my mom was like this or my dad was like this or my family was like this or my environment growing up was like this. Well, when I'm looking at somebody's astrology chart, what I'm able to see and see very explicitly is that the structure of their consciousness created that experience for them. It, it, it's almost like a movie projector, you know, and, and what they're seeing all around them is the film that's in the projector. I think the Greeks saw reality like that. I think they saw reality as something that actually moved in reverse from the end of your life to the beginning. And you only found out what was happening in the present moment, but you tended to look the wrong way, which was back at your origins. Well, I would take that a step further and say that when you can look at somebody's astrology charts, you can see beyond their history and their biography to the primordial ground of their being. You can see what momentum their consciousness brings into their, this life that is going to be potentiated that is going to be seen in their experience. So people are often flabbergasted when I'm able to talk to them about their antecedents, their parents, their um, siblings, the environment that they grew up in. But what I always want people to understand and why it's my favorite kind of astrology reading to do is that information is there at the moment of somebody's birth. 
at the moment of somebody's birth, an hour later, somebody who really knows what they're doing with astrology can tell you about the way that this human being is going to perceive and create their reality through the momentum of their consciousness, through their predilections, through their struggles that they're sort of creating around them and through them because they're trying to transform something. And that's really about what astrology is. It is, what is this human being, what is this consciousness trying to transform in their lifetime? You know, for me personally, you know, everybody has a, everybody has on their birth certificate the time that they were born. And people think that this is for a medical reason, but it's not. It's a tradition that goes back in European culture that is designed for astrology. So that the astrologer at some point would know what time they were born. That's why there's so much birth information about famous and historical people. You know, it's just available. Anyway, so in my own experience, I knew about astrology when my own children were born. And so as soon as I was at the hospital and everybody was born and everybody was okay and everybody was settled down, you know, I drove home and I looked up their astrology charts. And believe me, when both of my sons were born, I was looking at my watch because I wanted to have an accurate time for them. Um, which, you know, I didn't totally trust the doctors because I think they round off. So I did have very specific times for them both. But one of the things that I was able to see in both of their charts, and they're ex both different people who grew up in the same environment, is that there are some ways that they were going to perceive me. There were some ways that they were going to perceive their mother. There were some ways that they were going to experience their environment that were beyond my capacity to change. I couldn't reverse engineer it so that they had the experience of me that I wanted them to. You know, one of the things, I'll give an example of this that might be interesting. In, in astrology, you can really see the father in, you can see this sort of pressure that the father puts on a, on a, on a child in their own consciousness by how their Saturn is aspected or, or how it's moving. And in one of my son's charts, Saturn is retrograde and in the other one, it's not. And when Saturn's retrograde in someone's chart, there is something in their being that their father isn't able to empathize with. And usually how they respond to that is they blame themselves for the lack of empathy and then they super grind to fix it. And it usually becomes their strength. You know, like the fact that their father missed it, they're like, well, I don't want anyone to miss it. Maybe there's some deficit in me. I got to shore this up. Well, one of my sons is both my sons, you know, everyone thinks their children are brilliant, but they're both, you know, really bright kids. And the one who has Saturn retrograde is very, very intelligent in a very kind of intellectual, piecemeal, mathematical, scientific way. He's got other parts, but in ways that I'm not very able to express my intelligence. So when he was doing math homework in sixth or seventh grade, he kind of left me behind because he just had this extraordinary math capacity. Whereas my other son was much more like myself. He's much more of an intuitive thinker. He was much more of an abstract thinker. 
he didn't have Saturn retrograde. So he was not um, discomforted by me being that way. So my son, who is this really good at math and science, I wasn't able to empathize with that aspect of his consciousness or that aspect of his intelligence. I just didn't understand it because I didn't have it in myself. But I didn't go, oh, it's not important or, you know, I'm into this. He does that to me. He goes, oh, yeah, he thinks I'm some abstract hippie. But he knows I'm relatively intelligent. But I could never, ever go, oh, yeah, um, advanced, you know, really complicated geometry. I get it. Or, you know, college level trigonometry. I get it. Or, um, you know, whatever the most complicated math classes were in his educational system, I could never help him with it. So I could say we're different and I could encourage him, but I couldn't mirror that to him. And that made him really determined to demonstrate his intelligence in the world. And I know that there was a way that our difference wounded him and it made him feel different from me and it made him feel a lack of empathy from me. And where my other son, who was more of an abstract thinker, he just thought we were alike. And he felt like I saw him and I understood him and I intuited what he was like. And he was comforted by that. Now, I'm, they both have astrology charts and I'm a very different person to them both, despite being the same person objectively. And you can see things like that in children's astrology charts. You can see the difficulties they're going to have with their parental environment that they're going to have to resolve by their own will and by their own dedication to realizing themselves. And so what I always feel like is, you know, it's fine for me to read somebody's astrology chart when they're 50 because they're going to have a pretty broad understanding of themselves and astrology is really going to reflect and tease out the understanding they have of themselves. And it's really going to be empathetic to the experience that they have. But if somebody comes to me after they've had a baby and said, can we look at his chart <laughs> or her chart? In 18 years, they're gonna call me and say I'm a genius. <laughs> Which I'm not. Um, because, but it was all there in the first weeks. Like that, all that information about what they're like, what their challenges are, what their aspirations are, what they struggle with, what the grain of sand that becomes the oyster, the, the pearl in their being is all in there. It's all very clear. So for me, one of the great tragedies in the marginalization of astrology and the culture, which is, you know, I've spoken about it before, it's a secular materialistic culture somehow, um, you know, the way that, that that Donald Trump thinks or Mitch McConnell thinks or, you know, even Hillary Clinton, who's a progressive humanist, but, you know, her primary interest is in uh, political political realization of, of her views or, or the same is true of Republicans. But what's more important is that in the marginalization of, of thinking like astrology and this holism, in this kind of quantum understanding of reality, because I also want to say that astrology charts don't cause anything. There's no mechanistic relationship between what somebody's astrology chart is like and what they're like. 
an astrology chart is just this objective mirror of the structure of someone's consciousness using these very, very broad perspective on what's going on in the cosmos at the moment of their birth and assuming that there's some purpose in that, in, in that being the moment, in those dynamics being at play. So when I look at somebody's astrology chart or anybody who understands astrology, they're not thinking that Uranus causes you to be this way or Mars being in Gemini causes you to be this way any more than a mirror causes your eyes to be brown or blue. But it's giving you an objective, implicit order, which is the solar system, which is about as far out as we can go. You know, if there was, if there was more advanced cartography of, uh, of, of the universe, you could use the whole universe as an astrological tool. And it might even be more specific than just using our solar system. But that would get very complex. But it's possible because that would just show more dynamics than just the dynamics of our solar system. But bringing that back, when you look at a child's astrology chart, it's not, they're not caused by their astrology chart. I don't ever think that someone's like a certain way because of what their astrology chart is like. I think that their astrology chart is a certain way because of what they're like, because of what their consciousness is structured like and why they're born at that moment. And that it's not random and it's not purposeless and that there are actually, um, there are actually capacities for transformation that are in order for that to be an experience that's of value to their consciousness in, in physical reality. And I know that's very abstract, but what I'm also saying is if you know children, if you know if you have children, if you know six-year-olds or eight-year-olds or 12-year-olds or 15-year-olds or 18-year-olds, it is a phenomenal tool for letting them know that their experience isn't random. You know, that it doesn't come from nothing, that it doesn't come from no purpose. And, you know, I think especially in our culture now, it's so hard to get a sense of your uniqueness of the specific dynamics that are just yours because there's such a democratization of information with the internet and social networks and all that sort of stuff. All anybody does is compare themselves to others and see how they measure in that. How many Facebook friends do I have? How many Instagram likes do I get? What's the music I'm listening to? You know, who's my favorite uh social influencer and basically it's just completely watering down the uniqueness of people's consciousness and what you can see in someone's astrology chart whether they're six days old or 60 years old is you can see the very specific dynamics of their consciousness that are unlike anybody else that's really ever been born and um it's such a shame that this isn't a tool that people use. And it's especially, although, you know, it's really funny because I think that younger people, like my teenage son tells me that people look at their, they have apps on their phones to see if they're compatible astrologically, um, which is great, but it's still not um, the same kind of unique awareness of that everybody has their own mission. Everybody has their own instruction manual. 
everybody has their own points of transformation in their consciousness that are going to be what their lives are about. And to not know that, to not know that about your children, to not know that about yourself is really one of the great tragedies of our culture. And then there's a second part to it that's as much about adults as it is children is that the planets continue to move after you're born. And when they come into certain geometric relationships with your natal structure, there are going to be pressures of transformation placed upon you because there is a quantum intelligence that knows who you are and knows what you're doing and knows what you're trying to do and knows what you don't yet know that you need to know. And so this can be mapped by astrology and usually these things last a couple years if they're important. So usually all people notice is the manifestations of these quantum dynamics being present. Oh, I had a car accident. Oh, my relationship ended. Oh, I lost my job. Oh, I had to move. Oh, I was feeling down at this time. But really, those are markers that were in place at the moment that you were born. They were always going to happen at that time. Those challenges were laid out before you and were available to be seen at the moment you were born as well. And to not know what those are, to me, again, it goes into the marginalization of astrology and the culture um, because it is secular materialism and because it, it disempowers that kind of secular materialistic worldview that sort of is the engine that runs everything that's sort of being dismantled right now. But to not know what those dynamics are so that you are a victim of them or so that you just notice them in their manifestations rather than yoking them and utilizing those periods of time to make the most um, progress that you can knowing those dynamics are in play is a complete tragedy and speaks to the separate nature of how we in the West view ourselves as a part from that quantum intelligence. And unlike meditation, unlike yoga, unlike religions, conventional exoteric religions, astrology, there is no one size fits all for it. It's not a system that applies to everybody. In fact, each astrology chart is specific to that one person, you know, um, and their transits are going to be different. And it is a way that the quantum intelligence that is beyond the physical manifestation of the entire universe knows what you're doing and has an opinion about what you're doing and has an aspiration for how you are. And to not know what that is, is a lessening. You know, it's a lessening of what's available in life. And I know that that sounds pretty um, extreme in my expression of it, but it's really the truth. And then finally, I was talking to someone yesterday about, they, they, it was an astrology client, and it's a funny story, and people like the story, I like to tell a story. They, the person who I was speaking to was about 54, I think. 
And they were like, wow. So I was explaining the way astrology works and how the horoscope turns all day. So if you were born in the same day in the same place as somebody, but you were born six or eight hours from them, you'd have quite a different astrology chart from them. And she said, well, I would like to meet somebody who was born right around me at the same time as myself and see what their life had been like. And see if we're similar in ways. And I told her the story and it's a great story. And the story is this, that when my first son was born, his mom decided that she was gonna have him naturally, that she was not gonna uh, take any drugs, that she was not gonna get a shot in her spine so she wouldn't feel the pain, that she was gonna do it like they did it in the old days. And so we went to St. John's in the, in the birthing section of St. John's when she went into labor and she made some noises that were extraordinary that I'd never heard her make before that were guttural and primordial. And I guess the noises that women used to make when they were, you know, hanging between two vines on a tree giving birth. And after a bit of it, her Abjin came in, who is this kind of Santa Monica doctor, and his face was white. And he said, you cannot make those noises here. And I kind of looked at him and I said, what do you mean? This birthing center, where is she going to make these noises if she doesn't make, make them here? And he just, with his brow sweat, said, you're going to frighten the other women having children. And so eventually he told her that if she didn't take a shot, you know, I can't remember what it's called when you get that shot in your spine, um, that she was going to exhaust herself with how she was laboring and she was going to have to have a C-section. Anyway, so she agreed to it because she didn't want to have a C-section and he had this authority and, you know, I was sort of battling him for a while, but eventually we gave in. So flash forward 14 years later. Okay, we're in San Francisco for my son's 14th birthday. And we run into this family. And was he 13? Maybe he's 13. No, he's 14. We run into this family. Maybe he's 13. I can't remember. It's 13 or 14. Whenever you start seventh grade. We run into this family who has the son who he's become friends with. And he really likes. And we're, we're in Chinatown and we're like, hey, you guys, what are you doing here? And they said it was their son's birthday and they'd come to San Francisco for their son's birthday. And we were like, no way, it's our son's birthday. And we said, when's your, son, when's your son's birthday? And they gave the date and it was the exact same date as our son's birthday. Really nice people. And we, and we went, no way. And, we said, and they said, where did you have your son? And we said, we had him at St. John's. And their son's mom looked at me and said, did you hear that woman? And I pointed at my kid's mom and I said, that's her. <laughs> and they were like, no way. So our, to me, this was fascinating astrologically that my son and this boy who were born at the same time, relatively in the same place, were friends. Well, what's funnier about it is that they've since extrapolated on their friendship. And my son is no believer in astrology, you know, so I wouldn't have had any influence and I don't think I've ever discussed it with him, but they were basically best friends throughout high school. And 
after high school, they traveled together through Europe for like three months together, had a great time. And my son has discussed with me on a number of occasions how easy it is to be with this boy, um, to spend time with them, to travel with them, to be friends with them. They're both super bright kids and they're both very, very accomplished. But the dynamics of their consciousness, the foundations of their consciousness, that they'd be born in the same place at the same time would be very similar. You know, and to me, that's always been a real funny proof in the pudding astrology, their friendship, which is ongoing to this day. You know, they're going to be 21 this year and I'm sure they'll be friends for life. And I'm sure the other boy has no idea about astrology. He hasn't even considered it. And my son thinks it's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> but still, his best friend is the person who, who was born in the same hospital the same day around the same time as he was. So, you know, it's a fun story. It's not really about astrology, but it, it touches on astrology. And so I just, I just you know... If you know your astrology or don't know your astrology, if you have children or have friends who have children, consider it. It's a wonderful tool to talk to a ch- uh, somebody about their own experience, to talk to somebody's parents about the experience of their children so that they know that there's an objective reality about who their child is that isn't the byproduct of who they are and who their partner is of the environment that they create, that that they're whole at the moment that they arrive. Their consciousness is structured at the moment they arrive. So really all you have to do is be an ambassador for that consciousness, is see the way that it works and see the way that you can benefit. And you don't really shape it as much as you think you do. And to know how a consciousness is without actually feeling the responsibility for shaping it, you can provide empathy for what's innate in it. And to me, that's really successful parenting. It's just going, oh, this is who you are. I see this is who you are. It can be different from who I am. And it can see things differently and it can experience things differently and it can have different opinions. But I know I'm not making you. Something else made you. Something far more intelligent, far more profound, far more eternal than my egoic state, which, you know, wants you to be a certain way. And it's a fantastic map to use for children. You know, it's something that they use in places like Tibet and Tibetan culture. You know, the astrologers come after the baby's born and talk to the parents about it. You know, the three wise men who in in the story of Jesus were astrologers, but the church took that out because it was threatening to the church that these dynamics exist outside the tenets of Christianity. So bring that primordial nature to your understanding of children as you can bring it to yourself. Grant them the power of knowing that they come from something that precedes their awareness of you and is actually gonna shape their awareness of you and partner with it. Enjoy that partnership and enjoy their autonomy and enjoy the things about them that have nothing to do with you or your family or your belief system or your history. And that's something that gives you objectivity in parenting that is just wonderful. I don't actually think I've written any essays on this, but I'm going to, inspired by this 
talk on my website, which is goingquantum.org. Um, but I'm certainly glad that I was able to make this podcast today because it's a subject that I've discussed a lot with people and it's something I've enjoyed showing people both as adults, but also adults who have children. And so it's something to consider in your knowing somebody and especially if they're a child because it shows the fantastic autonomy and uniqueness and genius between behind how their consciousness functions. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed this. This is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dream Time, and it's been my pleasure discussing this today. A real joy for me. I hope you've all enjoyed it. All right, take care, everybody, and I will speak to you soon.